2: Hey everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's News League podcast. I'm Steve Seipa, and I'm joined by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. Gentlemen, how are things going?
1: Not bad.
3: Well, you know, it's going to be a very light podcast today. There's not much to talk about.
1: Uh, yeah, we were doing this whole <laughs> shtick just like every other Mets podcast out there.
3: Yes, uh, my very original
1: idea.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna go with precisely the opposite. Uh, Can we take a a moment just to celebrate the Mets? (laughs) if
1: If we had a soundboard now, I would encourage whoever was in charge of it to play the Monty Python, and there was much rejoicing. Yeah, yeah. They were forced to eat Sir Robin's minstrels. There was much rejoicing.
2: Well, you know where there was not much rejoicing?
1: Uh, <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Washington football team.
2: Those places. I'm sure. I, I as mean, well.
4: literally, literally everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: The entire country. The the Bronx. <laughs> well, one place that there was not much rejoicing to segue. Now into permanent extent trade was Constantinople back in 532. What? <laughs> <laughs> not Istanbul. <laughs> um, No, not yet. (laughs) We're still firmly in the Byzantine Empire. Actually, I think it would still be Rome, technically, since it was 532. There was Mm, no Byzantine. I think it was
1: the Eastern. I think they split before 532, right? Um, Anyway, you you go
2: on. I studied
1: history. I have no
2: idea. Yeah, (laughs) I don't remember either. Well, either way, and this one's going to be a little long-winded because it's just like a really crazy actual situation that happened. But anyway, it sounds like the last week. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, actually, um, so in 532, the Nika riots broke out in Constantinople. And these riots resulted in basically half of the city uh, being burnt down and destroyed somehow, including the Hagia Sophia. And there was like tens of thousands of people killed. And Emperor Justinian was almost deposed, so a lot of shit was going down. <laughs> and here's what makes it fascinating to me. Do any of you guys know what actually sparked these riots? That I basically... think I do,
1: actually. It was chariot racing, correct? Yes,
2: yes, correct. This was
1: uh, I know, this was a very common stock clue that would come up all the time in quiz bowl tournaments back mm. in the day.
2: There you go. That's I'm a fucking nerd. The purpose. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, basically, uh chariot races almost brought down the Eastern Roman Empire.
3: Welcome to your number one chariot racing podcast.
2: Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> basically, at the time, chariot racing was like, you know, kind of like team fandom, like soccer hooligan kind of that real intense with like sectarian and political kind of stuff mixed into it. And basically, you know... Yeah. Justinian himself was not a very popular emperor at the time. And I'm sure that there was some prodding from people that stood to benefit. But basically, all of the rooting sections, instead of, like, fighting with each other, like they normally would do, they kind of united and started rioting and almost brought down Justinian. So, crazy. Anyway, though, back to promote extent trade.
3: I have no idea where this is going.
2: Uh, literally done. <laughs> <laughs> if... Uh, you were in Shea Stadium, City Field, or – I think it was either – or I think it was, yeah, only those two stadiums. Anyway, in the years 1999, 2006, or 2015, hmm. what losses would be so heartbreaking and terrible and enraging that you would just start rioting and want to overthrow uh, Sandy Alderson or – who was the GM in
4: 1999?
2: Cashin? Uh no, 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 1999. Still was yeah. Philip oh, the, the guy with the 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 rapey guy. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> sexual harassment <laughs> <laughs> guy. Steve
1: Phillips? Steve,
2: Steve Phillips. Phillips. I didn't know that. That's, that's <laughs>
1: the name. <laughs> Steve Today Phillips here for after referred to as sexual harassment guy.
4: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say like, we should never mention Steve Phillips again.
1: <laughs> like the world's worst superhero. <laughs> sexual harassment guy.
4: I didn't so know he did that.
3: So we have, let's, yeah. Let's
1: talk about it off the air. <laughs>
4: so
2: let's not talk about I'm it. I'm on ever.
3: Wikipedia right now, so. <laughs> Uh-oh,
2: okay. No, I'm not going to say anything on the podcast. I'm just reading okay. it. <laughs> Anyway, though, so you have, yeah, the 1999 LCS loss. You have the 2006 NLCS loss and the 2015 World Series loss. So rank them in terms of how enraged and sad and just devastating and you want to punch holes in walls that makes you. Let's bring the level of celebration down a bit this week.
1: 1999. So I'm... I don't remember 1999 particularly well. I was only four.
2: It was pretty enraging.
1: Okay. I don't i don't remember the details of what happened.
2: Uh, two words. Kenny Rogers. <laughs> That's Dave a name I, I never
1: want to hear again.
2: <laughs> In a way, yes.
4: <laughs> um, I think I have a pretty good answer for this already. Um... I think uh, the the worst for me was 2015, just having experienced 2006 and knowing, like, getting to the World Series is really, really fucking hard. Um, 2006, I, I wasn't that devastated because I, I thought they were going to be back. Yeah. Like, I, I knew they were going to be back. Oh, uh,
3: that's, that's an interesting point.
4: You know, 2015, I was pretty sure. I was, I, you know, maybe they get back, but I, I was pretty sure that was it. That was as close as the Wilpons were going to get.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. Um
4: for me think... it's... Go, okay, you go go ahead,
1: ahead. go go,
3: ahead, ahead. Thomas. go go. Oh, look at us being polite. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> For you. me it's 06 because they were the best team in the in the league and they should have won the World Series. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily think that that 2015 team was better than the Royals. I think it was about like even. So like if you lose a series to a team that's good, then that's fine. Like it's not that it's fine, it sucks but like, they had a lot of chances to win. They should have won. But also, I'd rather have not faced the Royals that year. I remember wanting to face the Blue Jays a lot more.
4: Yeah, no, the, mm-hmm. I, I think we're all in agreement that we we would have uh, won the ship if the Blue yep. Jays...
3: I agree. And so, in 06, it was just like, this is the team. Like, like they were clearly going to beat the Tigers. Like, they would have killed the Tigers. Just, I think they might have swept the Tigers. That's how much better they were. And they lost because of just... After the endy catch, and then you're going to strike out with the. It's just like the
4: the team had a few fatal flaws, yes. unfortunately, and nothing like nothing things that happened during the season that like just like what are you going to do?
3: Yeah, like it was unfortunate. You
4: know, like, Sanchez got into a taxi accident. Like, yeah,
3: like and and they still throughout throughout all that they were a pitch away with not giving up a home run, and they did it anyway, and then they were still a pitch away with Beltran with the bases. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It was literally on a platter, and then I don't think the Tigers would have posed much of a chance. Like, in 2015, at Uh. least, it was one of those underdog stories where...
2: Tigers sucked that year. Uh, But you know who was pitching really well for the Tigers? Rick Kenny fucking Rogers. (laughs) 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 Wait, really? That's funny.
4: Uh, Steve, can you like wax poetic about nineteen ninety nine a little bit it was That was just, precisely one year before I started really following baseball, so
2: I feel like nineteen ninety nine the same way that you're feeling about two thousand and six like you knew that they were gonna get back, and they did obviously they won the World Series in two thousand, which I did not list because I feel like it, it, it's that's a separate kind of loss. To the Yankees and, and yeah. you know losing to them is is a whole on a whole different level but it was like in the late 90s like you just saw the team incrementally getting better and better and then it's just like 1999 it was just like oh this is our time now and because of Kenny fucking Rogers <laughs> walking the bases loaded to lose you yeah. know that's of why all the that's, people
3: to ruin a season. <laughs> with how that's good why it's were.
2: that's why it's the worst on my list. Even though those other losses were in the World Series, which, like Ken said, it's harder to get to. Just like the the level of ineptitude, the level of ponery to walk in the winning run and lose the NLCS. Very very uh, much.
3: That's yeah. So so that is burned into my brain because I don't know if you guys had those like year in review no, VHS videos. You know what I'm talking about? Like they would make them at the end of a year, and it would That's be a like
2: bad year to have. I okay, have no, yeah. So I have
1: no idea what you're talking about, but but go on.
3: I'll try to find them and, and maybe send them in Slack. But like they would be like the year of the 2000s, year of baseball or whatever, and it would just be like things that happened that year.
2: Like the Mets yearbook kind of
3: thing. No, but it was not just the Mets. It was everyone. It was the oh, entire – Oh,
2: okay. Oh, and, that's worse.
3: <laughs> yes. So like you would watch all this cool stuff about the 1999 Mets, and then it's like Andrew Jones walking in the winning run because he got <laughs> walked with the bases. And it's just like, what? <laughs> You're like, this is how it ends? <laughs>
2: it's a big
1: uh, womp womp. Hold on exactly. one sec. I'm, I'm making sure my perception of Andrew Jones is correct. Oh, never mind. He did, he did walk a lot. Okay, why did I think he was not a walker? How the hell is this dude not in the Hall of Fame? Anyway. Uh, <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Off the field issues?
1: <laughs> okay. Let's, let's um, leave it at that. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna say that 2006 is the worst one. No, no. Yeah, 2006 is the worst one for me because it was the baseball gods smiting the Mets, it felt like. Right? Like, they were the rightful best team. And the ah and the dice just didn't roll their way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no comments on 1999. Like I said, I, I don't remember it. But 2015, it was like their own fuck ups that that got them that loss, right? Like, why was Matt yeah. Harvey sent back out for the ninth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? That that wasn't losing to random chance, like what basically happened in in 2015. Uh, Jesus Christ. Like what happened in Game Seven in 2006, that's more tilting to me than, yeah, our manager is Terry Collins and he's an idiot and he threw the game.
4: Yeah, I know you gotta you gotta reap what you sow sometimes.
1: Right? It's like you 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 fucking moron, you deserve this. So I'm I'm gonna say 2006 is the worst. Plus just the being robbed of. And make no mistake, I think that Andy Chavez catch is still one of the better moments in postseason history for any team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if they win that game, that's um, like a
4: Andy Chavez is a legend.
1: Yeah, top, <laughs> if we win that game, top five playoff moment ever.
2: That that becomes basically the Willie Mays basket catch, like right. as iconic as that catch is. Yeah. The Andy catch becomes that. There's like guy,
3: I, I, there would have been a statue outside of Love. <laughs> I, I struggle <laughs> so, to. Come this up is where with he caught business. the ball or whatever. Like,
1: yeah, like like it's a struggle to come up with more with a, a great number of playoff moments that are decidedly bigger than that catch. If they win the game, like there's obviously Joe Carter's home run, and then probably that David Freeze thing that happened in, against the Rangers. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a very short list, though. Like, as it is, it's probably in the 30s, which is pretty significant given how many moments there have been in baseball postseason history. But that should have been an all-time baseball pantheon moment and fucking Aaron, Yadier Molina. Mm. And, Not
3: even good hitting Yadier Molina yet. Uh, like,
1: mm-hmm.
3: He didn't learn how to hit for, like, years after that.
1: <laughs>
4: Did he have the neck tattoo at that point?
3: Because I'm going to tell out. you, that
4: might be what I hate, yeah. him, hate about him the most. Is that's a terrible tattoo.
3: <laughs> Ken, it's what's given him his offensive ability. <laughs> uh,
4: good, because he's going to have to live with that for a long time.
3: <laughs> like, that Andy Chavez moment was, like, the second best moment in Mets playoff history behind uh, the, the Mookie Betts. The Mookie Betts. The Mookie Betts uh, hit. The uh, Mookie Wilson hit and the Bill Buckner error combined. But now it's, like, what, 10? <laughs> you know, like... I don't know. It's kind of tainted. Like, I'll watch a clip of it, and I'll be like, yeah,
4: but they lost. So, I, I yeah. never I, – yeah, I I can't – I'll never be able to shake the feeling of, like I, – I, I couldn't believe they lost that game after that catch. I was like, okay, they're going to win after Andy Chavez made that catch. and They did not win.
1: I, I mean, I remember literally jumping out – like, I was watching it with my dad in our living room – jumping out of my chair so quickly that I – knocked the chair over and just sprinting down the hallway, yelling <laughs> like a maniac. Yeah. Um is that the, best, yeah. Is that the best home run robbing catch i I've ever seen, honestly. Like I'm trying to think of a better one. Like it's it's tough.
3: There's some griffy ones that might top it. Like uh, I've seen Tory Hunter made a few.
1: Um
3: but that one even like the degree of difficulty of how far away he was from the like wall. He like, he snow over and, the yeah, wall,
1: and yeah, it wasn't like, even one of those been, super high ones where he had time to get back there, and yeah. time is jump and everything. He had to, like... It
4: was, it was poetry.
1: Poetry in, in motion. Ball.
3: Was he a good fielder like that? Yes. That's like, mm, so more or less yes. why he was on the team. Because I have, like, memories of him, like, his bunts walk-off hit, which yep. is... My favorite, it's one of my favorite moments in Mets history for some reason. Like I don't know why, it's just so funny that it's two outs and you know you can't hit, so fuck it, (laughs) I'm bunting and it worked. But um, like it's just a a guy with, like you said, since he was a good fielder, it's a guy at his peak of fielding doing the peak thing that he's there for. We should
1: really, we should really be calling Jeff in for this, given that his dog is fucking named Andy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Interview the dog.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, I'm hope that, uh, I hope that I have brought the mood sufficiently down, because as Mets fans, we are not allowed to celebrate.
1: Can, can I interject one thing here? Mm-hmm. And Andy Chavez for his career, 4.6 F-War, and that's over, like, 15 seasons. How much um, war did he have in 2006 for the Mets in 390 plate appearances? It was something like 2,
2: right?
1: 2.7. Try again. 3?
3: Three? 3. Wow. Right.
1: He was that good? He was... Uh, league average offense, but really good base running and defense. Yeah, that's about right. His so next best season was like one point four for the Rangers in two thousand eleven. What a weird career!
3: That is a weird career.
1: I'm watching the catch right now, and 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 the the radio call uh, is so good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, Garrett's call. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's too bad Joe Buck is doing the TV with the with uh, I, uh, I won't say that with the Cardinals. Uh, homerism in play, and he's like, you can like, he's freaking disappointed. It's like, a catch! <laughs> Yay! Clown.
2: Well, I'm happy we've got all that bad juju out now, because the Mets traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. Holy shit. Hooray! Uh, Now, I know that there were some rumors like a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a couple of months ago at this point. Did you actually think that this would happen? Uh, I was a firm maybe with with a
4: feeling towards yes. Mm. You thought Lindor – because I always thought – I didn't think we would get both. I didn't think we would get both uh, Lindor and Carrasco, but I thought the reason Lindor was taking so long is the Indians didn't realize that um, they had no negotiating leverage. And if there's one thing that I, I've learned about Sandy Alderson and, and Thomas, I, I think you might disagree with me here. It's that um one thing he's really good at is when he names his price, he doesn't balk. No. <laughs> It, it
3: just, it annoys me a little bit because like if you balk sometimes it's not bad, but then now you get Francisco Lindor for not yeah. much. So, no, you
1: know, I, you I know, think I... that's
4: the key to negotiation is figure yeah. out what you're willing to pay and then if
1: it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Thomas, yeah. yeah. I think you're probably right in terms of his free agent stance. He should just say fuck it and pay an extra million dollars sometimes. But when it comes to trades.
3: Yeah, that's probably right.
1: I want. And honestly, I think he's going to do that.
4: I don't, I don't think
1: they care about money in the same way that, uh,
3: they yeah. used to.
1: Right. They used to have to. Yeah. Right. Like, because, it, like it's, it's some if, real stupid shit if you're trying to sign George Springer and you're $5 million apart and you're holding the line. Like, that's idiotic. But when you're trading R.A. Dickey and you're demanding Noah Syndergaard or when you're trying to trade for Francisco Lindor and you know the, that Cleveland has zero leverage, I want Sandy there with that steely, yeah. cold grin just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not, I'm not budging
3: yeah because I know I wouldn't want to call his bluff on the other side because he would he I think he really would just move on
1: like and sandy yeah. sandy with a really good player dev or uh, set up behind him doing trade negotiations that's a fun thought
3: it's also this is the first thing that the new GM does is mm. like because Sandy signed McCann like the first move in a GM's tenure as a as a general manager, a first-time general manager, is trading force Francisco Lindor. Like, okay.
1: <laughs> Jared, Jared Porter should just retire now.
3: Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm out. Like, talk about starting hot, you know? And can,
1: uh, one,
4: one thing I want to talk about it at some point during this is, like, can we compare this to uh, you never forget your first, if you guys get what I mean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, Brody never forgot his first. but... Yeah, no, uh, his first
4: might have gotten him fired.
2: <laughs> I don't think he'll he You know who probably wants to forget his first? Steve Phillips. What was his what first? What was
1: the first thing he did?
2: Oh, uh, never mind. Oh no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, anyway, Kenny anyway. Rogers,
3: right? Uh,
1: anyway. Let's let's move on, fellows. <laughs> Sorry. Um.
2: Um. So yeah. Um. Let's. I guess talk about Francisco Lindor first. Um. Good player. Yes. A great player. Yes.
1: (laughs) I. I think I can comfortably say I am the lowest person on him on this pod, and I still think he is like the like it's in that top three to eight range in baseball. Yeah.
2: All. All I really know, and I have to admit, I the last like two years or so maybe three years i don't know i barely watch like major league baseball anymore like i don't go to games very rarely i should say maybe i've gone to like one game over the last like two years whatever you know but uh so all i'm just judging is just basically looking at the for leaderboards and francisco lindor is number three behind mike trout obviously and mookie betts since when since 2015 when he made his major league debut
4: those two guys above him are pretty good, and the two guys yeah. behind
2: him are also pretty good. Yep. Yeah, that's
1: about right. <laughs> Look, like we, you can you can really manipulate that board a lot by changing the endpoint, but I think it's pretty. Con- I, I, I think I, mean, I think most
4: that's people... a pretty big sample, right? Right. That's a, uh, let's 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 lower it a little bit to 2016 and see what happens.
1: Yeah, he's still pretty damn high.
4: He's actually I... lower. He's actually lower behind one of the guys that I think you think is better than him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Oh see, okay, see my fair. point my point wasn't that I thought he was better than him, just that there's an argument, right? I think if you talk to most baseball people, they're like, okay, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. There is a gap, and then Mookie Betts. Maybe not even that big a gap anymore, because Mookie Betts is God now, but let's see him do it again before we say he's equivalent to Trout. Then another gap. And then there is a pool of really, really, really good, like Hall of Fame track players who still aren't Trout or Betts. And that's Lindor. I think that's Rendon, Jose Ramirez, Christian Yelich, um, uh, Nolan Arenado of his shoulders healthy, Freddie Freeman, arguably. I think you could make a case for Tatis, Soto, and Acuna, but I'd say give them another year.
3: Yeah, that's early, but they'll be there.
1: Right, right. If they do, th- If they do this again, then I'd say they're in this group. And then uh, I want to see a full season of Bregman Sands Trashcan but he might belong in this grouping as well.
2: And right? Pete Alonso?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely Pete Alonso. Yes. Um There's a bunch of really fuck I, I I I'm I'm I think there are people who will feel more strongly than I do that Lindor is the best of that group. I think it's closer than that. But you're gonna it's a real fucking good player. Like instantly, yep. the best player on the
4: team. Yes. Sure. Uh Not named Jacob Degrom, obviously.
3: Position player. yeah. Position yeah,
4: player. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and yeah.
1: We, and and there's a lot of talent here
4: already. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like it's it's the best position player the Mets have had since prime David Wright.
1: Right. And and, yeah. and here's the, here's the other thing about that like ranking. Most of those dudes are either unavailable or were recently available, but were older older or demonstrably worse. Right. Like yeah. Rendon, you're signing at 30. And, and had Harper, serious
4: um, problems with his health.
1: Randy. Right, Machado and Harper are both also really good, but probably a little bit worse than Lindor. Guys like Correa. they're more
3: inconsistent. Like, yeah, you never know what you're getting with those two. Like, yeah. you're you're gonna get an MVP year or a good one, and mm-hmm. it's.
1: And, and then people are gonna bring up all the shortstops that are gonna be free agents in the next couple years, like Correa and Seager and story I think as well right and they're all good but they're also either worse or older or both
3: I mean they're all worse the the only person in the <laughs> the only shortstop in the league to me that has a argument that is going to have an argument to challenge him as best shortstop in the league is Tatis yeah that's yep. it yep. and if and if Lindor gets bumped down to the second best shortstop in the league then too bad. Like I don't care. <laughs>
4: yeah. You know, and, like. And one thing I, I want to say about Lindor, uh, his value is we don't do defense per, we do de- defensive value yeah, particularly well. I think he's undervalued by most f war by, by by most war metrics. Sure. Um,
3: his defense is insane. Like
4: it's not. Yeah, pe- people have been talking about it since he was like seventeen. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> I'm I'm hardly a, a, a scout here. To me, he's not. He's not peak Simmons, right? But he's right below that. About as close as you can get. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's about as close
3: as you can get to the best shortstop, defensive shortstop of all time.
2: Edelton so a, was a freaking god. Yeah, that's Ray Ordonez, man.
3: <laughs> that's true, probably.
2: Oh, Marvis Kell.
3: Oh, wait. It, he's Ray Ardoñez, who's a very good hitter. Hey. No, that's that's weird.
1: he's Ray, he's Ray Ardonias who hits like uh, he's not as good a hitter as David Wright probably but like mm.
4: comfortably fifteen to twenty percent above league average yeah, yeah. and here's the if other Ray thing Ray Ardonias did that Ray Ardonias might still be playing he would be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame <laughs> yeah Ray Fame yes.
3: <laughs> zero retired by the Mets
1: no kidding here here's the other thing about Lindor um and this is something I noticed while I was writing the grade grading article. Shockingly, I gave this move an A plus. C
3: uh, no.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like you, you flip through, and there's like people make criticisms of door It's like, okay, sometimes he doesn't make contact. Sometimes his power's not there. Sometimes he's not running. He's never really had a season where he's done them all at once. Ooh, if he does, right? If that happens, it's the 2020 bets season.
3: Yeah, he's he's the MVP, and then right. then he's like a 10 more play right. if he does all of it at once, which is possible. He's only 27. Like, yeah, it, it's not like he's 31, <laughs> but they, you know,
4: possibly
1: be, the best seasons yet to come. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's the other thing, right? We're talking about all these guys who in that same tier players and like your options for acquiring these guys are almost without fail, older or worse. Right. Like Nolan Arenado might be an almost equivalent player, but you're acquiring him three years older. Uh, Harper and Machado are worse. The only equivalent is bets, and, and I think just the proximity of that is is making people uh, overlook how rare it is for a player of this caliber to be removed in their prime.
3: Yes. I've also seen a lot of things it, it, on Twitter, like, so asterisk on that. But, like, people are like, oh, he's like a 120-weighted hitter. Okay. Like, the, there's other parts of baseball, and he's – like – He's the type of star that, like, he's not the best hitter in the league. Like, he won't even be the best hitter on the Mets probably, but he'll be the best player on the Mets. And that's that's important regardless. Like, it doesn't matter if your star – where your star makes his value. The value is the – you know what I mean?
2: hmm Like, Porto might have a
3: higher weighted than him next year, but he's going to be a worse player. So
4: – The hardest like thought, guys to find are the guys who, who do everything well.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I saw people in the comments talking about how, like, oh, he's not even as good a hitter as Jeff McNeil. First of all, he probably is, right? But second, second of all, if Jeff McNeil could play shortstop, he'd be the top five player.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: If Jeff McNeil was a seven or eight at short, he'd be a seven more player.
3: And he's not because no one else you can't like, play short. Only like you can't do it. Only a few people are seven. Uh, or no, nice.
1: I, I will note. I wanted him to play shortstop in like 2017 back when we were like constantly lobbying him lobbying the Mets to call him up and they just wouldn't for some fucking reason it was like yeah play McNeil at shortstop It'll be I, fine. I think
4: we all know the reason they weren't calling him up
1: yes yes yes, <laughs> yes
4: Fine. something something I sec- oh, can only play second base stop something it. something
1: stop it <laughs> So to distill a- so that the, that yelling and ranting over the last 10 minutes there, uh, Francisco Lindor, good at baseball. Yeah. Will yeah. be worth the $300 million contract the Mets will give him in like two months.
4: Um, yeah. Maybe, no, maybe when a player too. like this, when you have a chance to get a player like this, you, you do it very simply. <laughs> like.
3: And this is also when, when Steve Cohen was talking about when he first bought the team and was like, 3 to 5 win uh th- 3 to 5 year window for a World Series. This is the type of person who in 5 years he's going to be like 32. Like he's still going to be very good. He's still going to be in the middle of his peak years because baseball players at 32 are still very good, you know. Like th- 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 this is someone you acquire and the entire organization is built around him because if the if the Mets sign Springer, they could still do that. You don't really build around 31-year-old George. You know, like, George Springer is someone you sign because he's very good, but he's not the face of your franchise. Like, Lindor is the guy here. Think
1: like, of it. Think, the, 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 perhaps the like, appropriate analogy is, like, they, they just acquired David Wright, and now they should go out and sign Carlos Beltran.
3: Yeah, that's that's about right. He's worse. Like, it's a bit of a different, like, level player. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's like, the
1: That's the, the analogy layer. for sure.
3: I agree. Yeah.
4: That- Works also there. I
1: think Beltran was younger when he signed than Springer is now. But uh point being they I think Beltron sign... was
4: also quite a bit better than Springer. <laughs> yeah, now. Springer's pretty good. Uh, Springer's pretty good, but Carlos Beltron's like a pantheon,
1: you know? Yeah, that's fair. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Step into the world
3: of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't
0: refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything now. Plus.
2: Well, you know who else is pretty good?
0: Uh-huh. Uh,
2: The other guy that the Mets acquired in the trade, who, again, just according to F-War, is the 10th best pitcher in baseball since 2015, <laughs> since I was, you know, looking up the same search that I was looking up Lindor with.
3: And that also includes a year where he... Had, can- had cancer and then beat cancer, <laughs> and he was bad that year. But who cares? Because he, like, needed to save his life. You know what I mean? Like, like he he did all that and had an and is in one of the elite pitchers in the game. Which is, I didn't know he was that good. He
1: like, started the year yeah, fell off, found out he had cancer, went and dealt with it, and came back. It's crazy. Maybe those eighty innings are an outlier? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just a thought. Just the thought that it doesn't mm. matter what he did on the baseball field that year. Like
1: He wasn't even bad. He was like league average as opposed to twenty to thirty percent better than league average. But he's like. what,
3: they're the the second best pitcher now?
1: Yes. Uh yeah,
3: easy. For and, and they Probably. got him for free?
1: Like now, now to be clear, he's not this good anymore. He's like thirty three or thirty-four. Like he was a—he was one of the most underrated aces in baseball over the last half decade. Now he's thirty-three. He's like a good—he's still a good number two starter.
3: But you take that all day for.
1: Oh yes, I it's a
4: throw-in. How many pitchers in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty uh, struck out more than ten per nine? Uh, that, I'm willing uh, to bet. I'm um, uh, how many starters struck out more than ten per nine? Because I'm willing to bet it's not a big number.
1: I would say. Tw-
0: Literally
4: 14. Oh, I was going to guess 16. In 2019. Or in 2020.
1: Now let's see 2019.
4: Um, oh, really? Fascinating radio, so if you guys want to cover for me. Uh, well,
1: all, over two, over 2019 and 2020, only 17 qualified total. Struck out more than – well, I guess I should lower that inning pitch.
4: How many of those guys are the, the clear number one on their team?
1: Uh, let's see. Chris Sale would be if healthy – Oh, wait, now I'm getting relievers. No, I just want starters. I think I got it, Lucas. Okay.
4: <laughs> Let me see. Most I apologize it. for the, the noise in the background.
3: It, it's also, when I was looking up Carrasco, I didn't realize how good of a strikeout pitcher he was. For some reason in my head, I thought he was a ground ball oh. pitcher. Like, I don't know why I typecasted him this way, but then I looked at his numbers. I was like, oh, <laughs> he's out here yeah. striking okay. like 30% I- of batters. <laughs>
4: So I, I have the list. The f- number one is Garrett Cole, 13.25. So he's the clear unquestioned number one on his team. Max Scherzer is number two, clear unquestioned number one on his team. Robbie Ray, number three. Um, you no. know, probably uh, on whatever team he was on, but, you know, there's, a, Good. there's Good. a pretty big gap there, and he has some pretty other significant flaws. So <laughs> yep. throw him out of there. Uh, Verlander. Yep. Yes. Uh Love of my life, Jacob DeGrom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
3: I think he's the ace.
4: Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, Shane Bieber. Bieber. <laughs> also probably an ace. Also
1: ace. Is. Yeah, he's the ace.
4: Lucas Giolito.
1: Um, now be ace. Yeah,
4: yeah, probably, right? <laughs> On the White Sox? Yep. Hugh Darvish. Probably, probably the ace. The Cubs ace. ace. Uh... Trevor Bauer, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Matthew Boyd, also in the uh, pretty good, but pretty flawed.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're running into the dudes who just can't throw a strike. Yeah, no, so he's not of that. He's the Tigers ace, but. uh... (laughs) Uh, That's not exactly a high (laughs) standing.
4: And then there's a few other good, like Charlie Morton, Luis Castillo, um, Sonny Gray, Aaron Nola. You know.
3: Geez, the Reds had a good pitching staff last year.
4: Yes, he
1: did. Yeah, pretty pretty damn good. I usually do K-walks, minus and that eliminates the, like, Robbie Rays and Matthew Boyds, and he's 18th on that list over the last two years. And to reiterate, he had cancer in 2019. (laughs) So even with that season, he's 22.2 strikeout minus walk percentage rates 18th in baseball.
4: Yeah. Really, really good, and he's not the best player in
2: this trade. Trevor Powers, Bob. Trevor Bauer is behind a lot of players, but people don't want to acknowledge that. But anyway, so. He's also making pennies. Well, yeah, that too. And he like, signed, I think, till 2023?
1: Yeah, it's two years, 24. And then there's a $14 million team option with a $3 million buyout that vests if he's healthy in 2022. So, in, in other words, he either, worst case scenario, he flames out and you don't pay him. Best case, you have an ace for three years and $40 million.
3: Yeah. Like, it's entirely possible that after two years, he's still healthy and good, and you just pencil him in behind DeGrom again, and you call it a day with, the, with your top two guys.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, basically, the Mets have acquired a face of the franchise and an ace pitcher. And you would think that, you know, for guys like that, you would need to – Give up a hole. Yep. And that is not what happened. <laughs> not at all. Nope. nope. Oh, we're getting to the fun part now, guys. <laughs> yep. This is you know. It's time is, to shine. Yes, this is from Complex to Queen. So, Mind the League time. Uh, roughly 35 minutes into the Mind League podcast. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. It's been look. a busy. <laughs> <laughs> we get to we we get to yell
1: about Nation League things too. It Sorry. is
3: from it is two queens.
2: That is right, true. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's it not is. from complex to Syracuse. So uh, first, that the guy that gave up is Ahmed Rosario. I think that he's been on the team on the major league level long enough that he is no longer in our jurisdiction. But I
1: could not possibly care less about trading Ahmed Rosario. I,
4: I do want to say a few things about Ahmed, if that's okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Ahmed was supposed to be Francisco Lindor too Electric Boogaloo. Yeah,
2: yeah. I
1: mean, That's I no really... longer the case. <laughs> instead, instead, he was Alcides Escobar, but worse.
4: Ahmed, oh, thank you for on. your service. You're going to do okay in Cleveland. I promise.
0: <laughs>
2: Maybe. Um, yeah, I wish him uh, all the best. Nothing but the best. In his his future You're not endeavors. Francisco Lindor. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the next one who is technically a major leaguer and graduated as a prospect, but I think it's still that still happened recent enough that he is kind of in our in our uh, wheelhouse is Andres Jimenez. Um, the Mets I think definitely sold high on him just based on his performance last year, which is good. Good use of you know the value there. I don't know if he'll ever be able to repeat that he might, or if that is the high-water mark for him. I'm willing to bet he does. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what he is. Just knowing
4: who he is and um, the the quality of his character, I guess. But yeah. And also,
3: Cleveland is good with their player development stuff. So... Mm -hmm. Like, I would not be surprised if he ends up being a good shortstop, but...
4: I think he's going to crack a few All-Star
1: games before all is said and done. I hard disagree on that,
4: actually. Yeah,
2: I-, I don't know about that, but he is definitely a guy that you can't not root
1: for. There's I'm going
0: to miss
3: him here, for sure.
1: Yeah, He's no. going to stick around forever because he's an p- above-average shortstop bat who can hit, like, 10% worse than league average. Yeah. And he has big, uh, like he's 33. He's a little better than backup, He's uh, <laughs> like a backup infielder vibe. But I, I don't think, I don't think. I,
4: I think he's a clear 55, clear 55
1: sure. I'd Fair. probably have him closer to 50. But there's like, the, the thing is like, let's take the rosiest view on Jimenez, right? He, he, his bat to ball is super good. His plate discipline is great. He's able to bat 300 and. Uh, OBP 350 and his slugging is still 400 because he has literally zero power. Yeah. Like there's there's no star in here. Yeah, yeah.
4: There, there's very little that. upside.
1: This I this isn't trading. This isn't even trading like Jared Kelenic, right? Where there there's the there. I mean, obviously Kelenic had more risk, but there is the star upside. Imenes does not have that.
4: If there's going to be something here that bites us in the ass, it's something that's going to come completely out of left field. Yep. Something that we could not possibly have foreseen.
3: The (laughs) only thing that bites us in the ass is if they don't extend Lindor, and you don't trade eight years of control of shortstops to do that. There
1: is approximately 0.0% chance they do not extend Lindor.
3: Exactly.
1: third
2: quarter comes in with a bang and leaves uh with a bang. Uh
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like, even if all four of these players are good, like we haven't talked about two of them yet, we will get to them, but it doesn't matter because Francisco Lindor is a top ten player in baseball.
1: You I would do trade it almost do.
3: like when we were talking about Lindor before, I was like, I'll trade whoever.
1: <laughs> like well, let's go over the prospects and then yeah. we can get yeah. have our takes about the whole value.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
1: So but yeah,
2: so uh Andres Jimenez, you know, we will miss you. You were you're a good kid. Me and Ken were talking about it yesterday. Extremely mature, extremely likable. And we wish he's him... a
4: guy who's who's going to get every bit of talent out of himself. He's going to yeah. get all of it onto the field. Everything we wish he him possibly do.
2: all the best in Cleveland, and I'm sure that he'll have a, a long and solid career, if nothing else.
3: I can't wait for my Andres Jimenez and Cleveland Spiders shirt, see? <laughs>
2: um, so now, the two guys, the Mets gave up. And for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, you would think – Okay. Obviously, Ronnie Mauricio has to be involved. Obviously, Matthew Allen has to be involved. Francisco Alvarez. No, none of them. And it's a good thing that literally the day that the trade went down, that it was announced in public, we finished publishing our <laughs> top twenty-five prospect list.
3: Sandy was so, waiting for the, the one through five to come out, and he was yeah, like, he was
2: he was waiting for the go-ahead.
3: Yeah, he was like, oh perfect, AM. they published it.
2: Clearly, it must have been 11. <laughs> um, so they gave up their seventh ranked prospect, Josh Wolf. And their 11th? Oh, shit, I don't have that in front of me. Um, top prospect, Isaiah Green. I think we had him 13th. I'll check real quick. How embarrassing is that? I don't even know my own list. Mm-hmm. It's been it's a been long a week, week, Steve. <laughs> but, Wolf is 7th
3: um, and Green is 13th.
2: 13. All right. So, I mean, it's not like they're nothing, but they are only conceptually something. They are two super young prep players that have, you know, Wolf has, I think, 20-ish innings of professional experience under his belt, all at GCL level. And Isaiah Wolf, who was drafted, uh, Isaiah Green, who was drafted last year, has no actual professional innings other than, you know, complex stuff. You know, unofficial complex stuff and, and the instructs. So, you know, the Mets uh pulled a heist.
1: Look, I'm not going to be surprised if the Indians turn Josh Wolf into something because they're really good at pitcher development. Mm-hmm. It's going to take three or four years for that to happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, best case scenario, you have the two of them debuting in like 2023 or so.
1: Like, let, let, let's consider the nightmare scenario here, right? Like, Wolf really, really pops. The, the prep stuff works. The Indians bring him along. Green's prep stuff is legit, and he's a low-end 5-12 center fielder. I'm still not convinced that gets you more war than Lindor and Carrasco do only over the life of their current contracts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's without considering the fact that you get to extend Lindor.
2: Yeah, 100% correct.
3: It's it's the Mets finally being like, hey, we're a big market team, and mm-hmm. like, I mean, this is I want this is very bad for baseball that teams have to do this or not have to that teams choose to do this, mm-hmm. but um, the Mets to- looked at Cleveland and they were like, we're going to take all this money from you, and that's what you want. So here's prospects that are good but not great for a top 10 player and a very good pitcher. so literally
4: and, maybe the best position player you've developed in a long time.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, let's see who has been, it's
4: Jose Ramirez was also developed yeah. by them, right?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. Jose well, Ramirez. We can talk about that. Grady here, Sizemore. Uh, Sizemore Greg, would have been, but that's Yeah. Pretty, Sizemore would have been better. Carlos needed, Santana. I mean, there's, they've, know. they've developed some decent, decent dudes, but,
3: but he's, he was the face of their franchise for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, And you traded him for two very young prospects, a shortstop who has had four bad years in the majors, and one that doesn't have much of a ceiling. So yeah, here we I, are. I, th-
1: I mean, I, th- I think at this point that Ahmed is just bad. I don't
3: yeah, think. probably. But I'd like to see him with a team that's smarter than the Mets. Maybe they could fix him up a little bit, but we'll see. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. I mean, he's still... Athletic and speedy and whatever else and, and only twenty five I think or twenty six. So he might have a second life in Cleveland, who knows?
1: Like if the Mets have made this trade with Matt Allen instead of Josh Wolf, still a good trade. They made this trade with yep. Matt Allen and PCA instead of Wolf and Green. Still a good trade. Still a good trade. I might have sat here and argued against it at that point because just spend your money on Springer and Real Muto or something. But but at this point, they gave up
0: nothing. They gave up nothing.
1: They gave up the 7th and 13th prospects in a farm system that's like bottom 10 in baseball.
2: (laughs) I think that if they included, you know, Mauricio, Allen, Alvarez, PCA, like the top five guys, baby, on our list, um. PCA wasn't uh, uh, in the top. That was he? He's six for us, right? Six, yeah. So, but it it would make it feel a little tougher. But at the end of the day, you're still getting Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. You know, like yeah, that softens that softens any blow.
3: <laughs> I would look at that trade and be like, "That's fair." Like
2: yeah, I mean, you've you got could to trade know, <laughs> for all league, all league. top five guys. You know, yeah.
3: like. There's been worse trades. There's been well, obviously the Mets have made worse trades, but that's a fair trade. Like, like with the cream of the crop of the Mets system is definitely not bad, even though the system as a whole is. So like, if if Cleveland got one of those guys, it would have been solid for them. But
1: I mean, hell, lo- looking at this deal, I would have probably just dealt like the two. Pr- I mean, I don't give a shit about Ahmed. I would have dealt the two prospects for
2: Caresco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been a fair move too.
1: And then you throw in a a floor over ceiling shortstop and you get back the best shortstop in baseball. And probably like a I don't know, 50 million dollar discount on his eventual extension, or maybe that's an overestimate, a 30 million dollar discount, some sort of discount over what you'd have to pay in free agency.
3: It's just so Porter was pretty I think Porter said this. I can't remember who it was cuz I was at work during the uh during the presser so I was reading it along on Twitter and not paying attention to work. But um, basically they said that we have like five or six um, untouchable prospects and everyone else is kind of fair game. And the Mets managed to hold on to all of them and get Francisco Lindor. And that's just – it's such – even if you don't really – because Sandy was kind of t- saying how he doesn't want to trade much. And, yeah, I get that, and I tend to agree. But also when this deal comes to your door – if they would have said no because they don't want to trade prospects, like come on. You know, like there's yes. limits to there's limits that you don't want to trade prospects. And I think yeah, I, the,
1: the like- Mets shouldn't yeah. be trading for like as as little as he went for. Like the Mets shouldn't be trading for you, Darvish. The Mets yeah. shouldn't be trading for Blake Snell. Like those to, to be your- clear, those moves were both good for the teams that acquired the major league pitcher. But there's really no reason to. Just go spend money and hold on to your prospects. Lindor is 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 the tier that you say, screw it, I'm spending my prospects. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and honestly, I don't think all those shortstops are reaching free agency next year. Like this uh, happens, this happens often yeah. where teams are like, where people are like, oh yeah, the market in 2023 is going to be crazy, Absolutely. and then all those okay. dudes get locked up. Yep. So like, are like sitting around and waiting for the guy to hit free agency usually just doesn't work. Like,
4: mm-hmm. I've been wanting the Mets to do this since Paul Goldschmidt. Got uh traded and then extended to the Cardinals. Allowed the Mets mention. to do precisely this since that happened.
3: This is what you should be doing when teams are exactly.
4: telling. Either
3: that or get someone like I don't think they'll do it now, but get someone like Arenado who would clearly opt into his deal and or you could negotiate with him to make the opt out later or something. Like flex your financial muscle to get the dude that the small market team doesn't want to pay. And
1: they did. I mean, look. They want to go totally balls to the wall, go trade for Arenado and sign Springer, and just have the best offense of all time.
3: Could you imagine the left side of that infield?
1: Holy fuck! Could you <laughs> imagine that team? What do you do with that lineup at that point? You you bat Pete beat,
2: beat Alonso seventh. <laughs> Hopefully, we find out. That would be a nice surprise. It to
1: be clear, at this point, they I think they still should make one more big addition. I don't know that they will because. It really comes down to whether they want to go past the tax or not now. Right? They could go, if they go 10 million over the tax, they could fill out the rest of the team while affording Springer. But if they don't want to go over the tax, you wind up with like Jackie Bradley Jr. instead.
4: At this point, I don't really care.
1: Yeah.
4: They've done enough. This is beautiful. I mean, they need, they need a center fielder.
1: Yeah, obviously, but like, it's,
4: it's, I'm, I'm chill with whatever happens now.
1: Yep. I mean, this, this move alone, this is like replacing, I don't want to even say that Corey Oswalt was, it's not even like replacing Corey Oswalt. It's literally, literally <laughs> You can replace
2: Corey Oswalt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
1: it. That's exactly what I'm saying, Steve. No, because they were never going to not add another starter. That was not viable. So they've gone over a blank spot, uh, an upgrade over a blank spot in the rotation to Carrasco and Jimenez to Lindor. Ten wins, yeah. Eight wins, eight wins is probably a more fair estimate, but that's
2: still a considerable upgrade.
3: And like with the Carrasco thing, that we haven't really talked. We talked about him a bit, but he's a lot better than almost every major league free agent starter. Like go to Rizzy, exactly. Like like the the names that they were linked to. If you're not paying for Bauer, and Bauer is also who knows what he's going to be because he has a plenty. He has plenty of years where he was just an average pitcher. But, um, like, like I guess you could sign Odorizzi. That's boring. Like, he'll be
4: fine. You know what you could still do? Sign Odorizzi.
3: I know you can. Yeah.
0: Sign Tanaka. Like,
3: but brand. now they could start being, like, a Tanaka could be in play, someone like Kluber or Paxton to really just swing on one, swing on a guy. Because I think they said they're going to go watch both of them pitch. Or Klu- I know they said Kluber specifically. They're going to go to his um, bullpen.
1: But like, I'm afraid Kluber's cooked. But that's oh, a oh, probably. Discussion.
3: But yeah, that's a whole different story. If he's cheap enough, I don't really care. But um, my cat is meowing. I don't know if you could hear her. But um, you did <laughs> she her podcast debut? Um,
2: <laughs> oh, god damn, we have to pay her now. Money five ways, fuck. Um,
3: but yeah, she, it's just you. You probably upgraded your pitching staff more than I expected them to because I didn't think they were going to get someone at this level, and you got him alongside Lindor.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Really impressive deal. It's a really impressive one. It's, it's, it's really interesting that Cleveland even did this, too, like, didn't hold out for more. But I don't think they were the suitors.
2: So just individually, what is your favorite aspect of this whole thing? Be it, you know... Performance on the field, performance off the field, what the Mets gave up, what, you know, just, just a whole thing summed into just like a couple of sentences, like.
4: Let's just go in order because I, I don't want to talk over anyone. <laughs> yeah, so alright, so Ken go first then. No, literally the whole thing. This is, this is hope, guys. This would never have happened under the Will Never. No. Never in a million years. Oh, no, no. This is this is um, the first thing Steve Cohen has done where I'm like, okay, this guy might be for real.
2: Yeah, I was definitely starting to lose faith after Sagano. Basically, they were not linked to him anymore, and it just kind of felt like, what is Cohen doing? Like, he's spending his time on Twitter bullshitting, but... We're not seeing results here, and yeah, like you said, the hope. In a uh, way, definitely. is it Steve Cohen all of us shit posting on Twitter <laughs> you know, while he waits for in the offseason to happen? In a way, isn't that
4: exactly what I
1: want in the guy who owns my
4: favorite
1: baseball <laughs> team? <laughs> look, look, he could be willponing it and shit posting in the boardroom next to Jared Porter, Instead, he's like, you know, you go do your thing. He's
2: am going go go to do. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, then,
1: then
2: if, figure out
1: how to do any of this.
2: <laughs> if it was, if it was the willpon, if it was Jeff Will. Fun, he'd be posting on parlor so oh,
1: no. i just spit my drink all over my table
4: <laughs> let's never let's never name parlor again guys <laughs> oh god damn it steve never <laughs> again <laughs>
2: no. so right, well lucas now that you have a free mouth because you no longer <laughs> have a drink in it
1: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> um, just i mean I, i'm i'm definitely the uh or at least normally the uh Least emotional person here. So to me, just the the total lack of payment here is just amazing to me that they gave up fuck all. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I say, and like I, I like Andres is a nice little piece to have around. And I and I love dreaming on prep outfielders. That's like my kryptonite in terms of prospects. You say there's like a chance of a five-tool center fielder. Son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> um, but uh, they gave up nothing and got Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm.
2: Thomas
3: it's for me as much as the on the field stuff is going to be great like watching Francisco Lindor just play shortstop for the Mets like the first time he gets a ground ball and Gary Cohen's like fielded by Lindor I'm gonna like cry a little bit but like it's it this is special in a way that the Mets might actually like I'm always mad at the Mets a little bit like I love them but I'm always like you idiots like, they almost, let you down um,
4: a lot. Yeah, because it's okay to
3: say. and and like, I just didn't really ever think it was going to change. Even when the ownership stuff was happening, I was like, I don't know, it's always the M-. but this isn't this isn't the Mets anymore. Like, this is the new Mets, and it's well, very fun. And like, now the possibilities are endless. Like, like in other sports, I'm a Lakers fan, and we, we're the worst in terms of fan bases. We're photoshopping everyone into Lakers. That's what I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be like, Mike Trout. <laughs> He's unhappy. Mets uniform. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> like the possibilities now are through the roof because the Mets trade saw that they needed to take on money and trade for a player who's going to make like three hundred million dollars and said yes. And the Wopans were like, "You know, Anna Cespedes wants a contract. Here's ten opt outs. Like, like it, it was just <laughs> like, like, like the, the the difference between the two are, is so massive that." It's gonna be fun to be a Mets fan when it was kind of like work. Sometimes it was always fun because the Mets were like lovable losers. But screw that. Thomas, well, I'm gonna
1: say stay away from Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You can't have them. <laughs> <laughs> there was there,
3: there was too much Ben Simmons slander when, in that draft for in Lakers Twitter. So because they all wanted Lonzo. Ugh.
2: Does your um, does your cat have anything to add?
3: She's running around.
2: So. Right. I'm ecstatic then, I guess. Yeah,
3: <laughs> she true. is ecstatic because All right. she's like, you don't get to yell at the TV angrily anymore.
2: For me, it's just like the Mets got guys that are legit guys and they just gave up like nothing. Like Lucas was saying, the returns is just... Part of that, I think, is I never actually got to see either one of those guys. They didn't really, you know, move up the system. So there's still to everybody just kind of more names than, you know, guys that we've been cheering for for years and years. So that definitely softens the blow. But like we were saying before, even if it was Ron Mauricio and Francisco Alvarez and Matthew Allen, you still pull the trigger on that deal because – you're getting back one of the best players in baseball, and you're getting back one of the better pitches in baseball, and it's hard to argue against that. And for me personally, also, I can I wrote this on 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 the um on the Mets on Amazing Avenue in our story about I can never spell Isaiah. I don't know what it is.
1: Me neither. I can't so, do it
2: either. Yeah. So now that he's gone, that's like a huge weight off my shoulders. Like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always
3: an extra A in it that I forget.
1: Yeah, or there isn't. Yeah. I keep putting an yes. extra one, but there isn't in yeah. this yeah. one.
3: It's, it's one or the other. It's never... I always get it wrong, too. No matter what Isaiah it is, I always spell it the opposite way. Like, I'm like, oh, this one is no A, and then there is. So.
2: Unfortunately for me, though, but kind of, it doesn't really matter, because it's not really going to be anything I'm going to be doing too much. I can never spell Francisco, either. I always put c i s instead of an S I S. Oh, true. Frankie. So... Yeah, good thing that Francisco Lindor is not a prospect because that'd be driving <laughs> me crazy. crazy. As it is, I need to deal with Francisco Alvarez, so maybe one day I will get there, though. I Steve, can't believe we must have a
3: marketing giant. Yep. Yep, Lindor, too.
2: Steve, quick question. Mm-hmm.
4: Are you more or less likely after this trade to be more invested in the Mets major league team than the minors?
2: Uh, it does not move the needle for me at all because. Okay, fair enough. I I still enjoy the Mets, obviously, you know, like, uh, it's just, I don't get the visceral fun reaction.
4: You you have a special
2: interest. Right, exactly. It's just, I've become more, to me, going to a game and just watching it, like, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, whatever. I have more fun going to the game, taking pictures of dudes. Following along with their velocities and the pitches that they're throwing yeah. and and all that you know that kind of stuff and that's like just passively watching a game just kind of like eh, whatever. Um,
3: I can't so, I can't wait for the first time I go to because I score all the games I go to because I'm a huge fat nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to write F Lindor in the scorebook for nice. the first time too. That's gonna be wild. I'm just assuming we could go to the go to games. I know.
2: And the cat agrees.
3: Yeah, she does agree. She's like, get out of the house. Um, Assuming we could go to games like this year.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um, It's just going to be so cool to write that Mm -hmm. and just be like, oh, look, Francisco Lindor, New York Met. It's not going to hit me until opening day or spring training when he's in the uniform and SNY is tweeting literally everything that he does because he's (laughs) – which for good reason. And it's just – it's great. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, the the, uh, opening day like – Pomp and circumstance, and seeing him come out of the dugout and having Howie announce his name and everything will be fun.
3: It's going to be wild, yeah.
2: All right. Uh, we will wrap things up now. We'll of the week, and I think this week it goes without saying. So, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us uh, an email at our email address from mm-hmm. complexthequeens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahu's 343 Ken is at Ken1191. Thomas is at S Z N. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review it. And, of course, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled prospect list countdown. And this bugged the shit out of me. Because I'm someone that likes order and structure and having to interrupt our, our <laughs> countdown this week was driving me crazy, but we can't not, you know, we, we can't no sell the whole trade and just be like, Oh yeah, it didn't happen. We have some coverage, obviously, but Take next week, we'll talk about it in a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next week we will be back to uh, talking about our top 21 2021 prospects. So until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.